You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, a writer, entrepreneur, and change maker, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. You just heard a great original composition by my son, Asher Schreiber. This podcast highlights some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people, developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet on this podcast. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. Welcome back to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and today I have the honor of speaking with Noreen Ehrlich, who is an executive coach, life coach, relationship coach, and also radio host of a wonderful program, Defy and Hustle. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast, Noreen. Thank you very much, Lynn. Lovely to be here with you. So you've had an amazing career journey. Um, I wonder if you can take us through, um, you know, where you've been, um, both in your work, but also geographically. You've really been around the globe and how it brought you to where you are today. Okay, well, I guess I would start with I... If you had told me that I would be, there was no such thing as a life coach, right? Years ago, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm almost 53 now. So uh, if you had told me that I even would be working as a chief financial officer in Wall Street, I wouldn't have believed you because right. I was uh, in my 20s trying to figure out school. I went to school to be an accountant. I ended up in Manhattan. Uh-huh. And um, I think because of something in my nature that, Oh, oh, just got schooled and learning to figure things out because working at Ernst & Young, you got thrown onto projects and they didn't really have a lot of guidance for you. So you had to figure it out or, or that was it. You were out. So um, I got on to got worked in Ernst & Young for a while, worked on Wall Street in uh-huh. these very ambitious, fast paced real estate funds uh-huh. in the 90s and early 2000s. And I really came into myself in my 30s. Uh-huh. So I, what I learned then was that I was a very capable, strong woman that could figure things out and also lead others. And this made me very proud of myself. So I really came into myself in my 30s. And if you had talked to me in my 20s, I was far more... Uh, ambiguous about like what what the future held or what I could be. Yeah. Well, and let then, me ask uh, you a question. When you were in your 30s and you had this realization of your power, um, was there any pushback in the industry you were in, which I'm assuming was pretty heavily male? Um, you know, was there was it hard to be a powerful woman with confidence in you know on Wall Street and in these funds um, that were heavily populated by you know aggressive men? I think it still is, though I'm not on Wall Street anymore. I still, I think it's hard to be. <laughs> oh, sometimes a woman or anybody who's more oppressed, you know, just in a world that's primarily dominated by um, very strong 
powerful male figures. Sure. So, so we all learned to dance around with that, but absolutely it was both, it felt like both an opportunity for me because uh-huh. I felt, I knew I was part of something where there wasn't a lot of women in there yet and to get into the executive ranks yeah, uh, and be with such brilliant men, it, it, it really pushed me to do well and I had to overcompensate in some ways. Uh, so sure. it was, it was, and then there was other ways it was really oppressing where uh-huh. it still happens up until today where you're in the middle of a sentence or about to make a point, but mm-hmm. men can often, especially in those kinds of environments, be speaking over each other. And there's a lot of that um, peacocking, if you will, like where <laughs> they're, they're, they're each having to get their themselves and their, their opinions heard yeah even if they're not well thought out so it was it was a real learning experience for me and uh but a real opportunity for me as well yeah and then you traveled you you lived overseas you lived in california right i started with the real estate funds to work in tokyo okay so it was with one of the real estate funds that i started to live in uh i didn't Lived there full time, but having to stay in Tokyo just to get work done when I was the chief financial officer of a Japanese real estate fund. Wow. And that is such a unusual place, wonderful, but such a different planet <laughs> that later on when I did leave Wall Street and met the man who would be my husband, um, he was Indian and we lived in India uh-huh. for a while. We lived in India for two and a half years. Uh-huh. And that seemed easier for some reason, even though <laughs> India is another planet. And then I did also live in Atlanta and Los Angeles. Okay. So Los Angeles I love because it's like compared to the New York area that I live in now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I consider this very like the the, the masculine energy in, in Los Angeles to have more of a entertainment. Yeah. You know, feminine energy outdoors, more spiritual. Yeah. So, um, so you did all these amazing things. You, you were in very powerful positions, um, had great opportunities to travel and, and try new things. Um, and then, um, you decided, um, to sort of turn more toward purposeful work, I'm assuming. I don't know if I'm putting words in your mouth, but, um, I'd like to hear about your decision to become a life and relationship coach. And, uh, we'll talk about your radio show in a minute too, but, you know, tell me a little bit about, um, what made you pivot and, how you're helping people today. I think, Lynn, that the pivot was not an automatic pivot. I found around the time I was 40, 41, that I was unmarried. I had no children. I was successful, quote unquote, successful. Uh But uh, coming home late at night to an empty home and... And that a lot of the, what happens in that world can be very mm, mean-spirited or dysfunctional, and it was taking its toll on me. So I actually feel like life forced me out of there because it was hurting me. And and then, it was only then when my mind was quiet, I wasn't doing something all the time, and I lost my sense of identity as a CFO and somebody to be, you know, was... recognized or admired or something. I lost all that identity at once that it started to occur to me in an apartment in Stanford, Connecticut, by myself, that there's more going on in this world than meets than 
meets the eye sure. than, than what meets the five senses. Sure. And um, that that is when, and there was a lot of despair in there. Mm-hmm. And maybe the same part of me that as a CFO needed to understand the big picture in order to run the fund. I think that, that same curiosity, that same drive went out and started to want to understand if this was what I was supposed to do, go out, get married, get, you know, get a great job uh-huh. and you know, look beautiful and be smart, then why did this why am I not fulfilled? Why am I sitting here now by myself? Yeah. And um, that sent me on a search that uh-huh. with each of life's twists um, gave me a lot of compassion for other people who might be in this situation. Yeah, I, I know firsthand that your coaching is really supportive and encouraging. And um, do you aim to work with a certain kind of client or help in certain certain ways or parts of life? I work with people. I like to say my my coaching is customized, but I do find that I attract professionals, professional women, mm-hmm. so people who have had a certain degree of success mm-hmm. already in their lives and need, I don't like the word need, but are looking for support to get them up to another level. Okay. Uh, to break through that resistance to go up to another level. I also find that I attract men and maybe life schooled me so that (sighs) I would be a coach to older and younger men Uh at this pivotal time when men are starting to wake up to their, their, their femininity, if you will, their, their, their feelings. Yeah. So I work around career. I work around uh, love and relationships. Uh-huh. I also work with time and money management because time and money are flipping right now. So that time is becoming more valuable than money. And it's all together, career, relationships, time and money. You also put health and fitness and personal and spiritual development in there. Mm-hmm. I call those five things the five pillars. So time is more valuable than money now. Tell me a little bit about that concept. I think some people, their jaws would drop and say, what are you talking about? But I have a sense of what you're talking about. You know, why are we in this place where time is such a um, limited commodity and it it is becoming more valuable than money or material goods? I believe that there's something bigger than us. There's an awakening that's accelerating now uh-huh. that's coming across all of humanity but it's it's um and i've referred to it as uh, well i call it the shift in my work we're mm-hmm. shifting out of this outdated paradigm of being very fear-based and we're going into a paradigm of being fearless of being authentic of finding love and i do believe that the universal energies, the life force energies are coming through us and having us reevaluate what is important to us. Uh-huh. And it's starting to trigger. It's triggering within us and it's triggering, triggering it collectively. If you even put on the news, you'll see <laughs> all of those aspects of ourselves that are mm, repressed or darker or need to be brought to the service surface so that they can, these, these, fearful aspects of ourselves that we've been uh, uh, 
uh, tolerating in order to get by uh-huh. uh, that are coming to the surface so that we can now start to, I call it repairing, um, but heal yourself sure. so that you have a lot of self-worth uh-huh. and you go into the world with this level of high self-love uh-huh. and then you can put that love out into the world and help other people in your community. It's interesting. You know, I interviewed somebody else on the podcast for another episode about um, their business and we were talking about values and how do you live your values. And this is an entrepreneur whose value was about, um, you know, acknowledging other people and and recognizing them and, and making sure they knew that they were appreciated. Um, and that was sort of the philosophy behind the business, just, you know, putting kindness out into the world, saying hello to people, knowing their name. Um, so it's really interesting. I, I think there's a lot of conversation right now around values and then living your values. How does that, you could put the word integrity out there, but what does that mean in the day to day? How do you align your work or your, um, your modeling, your behavior, um, with that value? You know, what would you say about that? I noticed with my clients, people are different steps on the path, if you will, Uh and it's not a linear path, but when I say the path, I'm going to say a level of awareness Uh of what is going on. So there's some people that are, um, I think, still sort of unconscious and they're going through the motions and they're getting up and they're doing their things. They're not bad people. They're just there. And there's some people that are starting to... um, wake up to a higher understanding that there's something bigger going on. Uh, I would say to my clients, depending on where they were on the path, that there's to stay aware, to stay, to try and at least practice staying awake to your own patterns and Mm -hmm. what is true for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the other value I would say that I have a lot of people working with and even myself working with now is learning to trust life will be there for you and stay present. So stay present uh-huh. and trust that you will know what to do in the next moment and stop living with this fear that the money will run out and the sure. time will run out. And it's easier said than done. That's why I'm a coach. But really stepping into that level of I can trust myself in the moment and I will deal with what comes up next because I have done the work and I can trust myself to be an adult in this situation and not let these younger parts of me come and take over and and then and, and miss you know, lead me down a path um that maybe I shouldn't go down. So Absolutely. I really work with my clients to become adults and live by a, a higher truth. I love it. I love it. Um, before we um, end our conversation, I, I want to ask you about Defy and Hustle, your radio show. Um, you know, yeah. where where did this idea come from? Tell me about the name. Um, what What's your goal with that? Defy and Hustle, it was something I came up with when I was giving an event for entrepreneurs uh-huh. uh, who are stepping out there with their businesses, but that you really have to defy that old conditioned thinking, which people will come in and tell you, what are you crazy? You're going to leave your job and go start a new business <laughs> right? or right. you're going to leave your relationship or you're going to move. Mm-hmm. And when you're having that same fear, that people will come in and mirror exactly what you're feeling to you. So you're going to have to, not in a bad way, defy, but you're going to have to go forward anyway, step by step. So defy and any entrepreneur knows, Lynn, you know, I know. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a hustle. Yes. It's not 
uh, it's not an easy thing. It's not for the, 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 the fainted heart. So if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you go out there and you're going to hustle for a while because you have to hustle in order to break through to new levels of, um, uh, to like new planes of thriving. Yeah. And I do the radio show. It's topical. I do it weekly out uh-huh. of Greenwich, Connecticut okay. on WGCH.com. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I promote it online, but I try to have people that talk about experts, um, that talk about relationships or career or topical issues. Uh-huh. Um, anything from, <laughs> I've done anything <laughs> from men in intimacy to politics and why we give our power away to people who constantly give us different storylines, but <laughs> almost regularly disappoint yeah. and really try and reflect back to the listeners. Um, do you see your role in this? Do you see yourself in this? And do you see that you can take it to a higher level? So sure. I try not to make it so heavy, bear with me. <laughs> but, um, but I do talk about like, uh, uh, like, like really just trying to get people to realize the level of power they have yeah, to make things great. happen for themselves without giving it away to um, a partner or a politician or an employer or anything like that. That's great. Well, that's really wonderful. Um, so it, before we close and sign off today, I wanted to ask you if you have any wisdom or advice for our listeners about how they can find their purpose or add meaning to the work that they do. wonder what advice you might offer. I'm going to say, look, you were given certain talents. There's things that you do even when you really don't have time, you do it anyway. So start to look at where your passions are. Mm-hmm. Start to look for those places where you have been injured in the past because injured meaning maybe had pain or suffering because often that's where life is telling you to, is asking you to develop compassion. Yeah. So yeah. something that may have given you a thrill, of course, too, and that's where your talents lie, but also where sometimes where we have some of our toughest experience, then we can relate to and help others with that experience. So when you're trying to find your purpose, look at your talents. You popped out of your mom. You had certain talents that were given to you. Uh-huh. Know that you'll develop other talents or find people that will help you. And lastly, what would you do? It's an old saying, but what would you do? even if you weren't being paid for it? What do you just know through whatever life taught you that you'd love to help other people with? And that's that's probably where life wants you to go. What would you do if there were if there were no money? What would you do? I would I would coach people. Yeah. I would coach people. Yeah. You I would coach people and then I'd go out and have a good time. (laughs) Sell a boat, play the piano and and hang out with my, my man. That sounds awesome. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you on the Make Meaning podcast, Noreen Ehrlich. I am so grateful that you gave time to me today. And thank you for all the wonderful insights that you've offered our listeners. I'm flattered. Thank you very much. Good luck to everybody out there. And thank you so very much, Lynn. You are a real gem and asset to everybody out there. Oh, Back at you. Thank you so much. Have a great day, Noreen. You too. Bye-bye.